When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the corny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah. Because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown. Put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 259 of the Talking Ferrers podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here with Jim Russell, San Diego Sports 760. Uh, he also hosts John and Jim on that uh, radio station. Uh, Jim, what is up? How's it going, man? It's going good. How you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, yep. After we record this, uh, Jim is heading down to Petco for that news conference. So uh, you gonna press Bob Melvin? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure uh, he he answers the tough questions. Ben, he needs to he needs to atone for what happened in Game Four and Five. I mean, last time last time uh, you went right, I uh, had you ask. It was Soto, right? Ask him about Nick Martinez uh, and that bet that he made, and that was actually the best answer out of the press conference yeah actually gave some uh gave some life to that presser it was very very yeah. monotone everything was monotone there and then finally Juan Soto smiled so it was good yeah I mean going back to then it huh. was like he was you know I feel bad didn't he say I feel bad for other pitching staffs or something yeah well that's when we didn't know Fernando Tatis Jr. was going to get suspended two weeks later right um so yeah, it's. Kind of, I mean, I haven't. I haven't seen that like video really surface around much, like biting, biting him in the ass. I've seen it a couple times, but 
Well, they can't really do that. Like, Soto, he homered in game four and five, right? He came through with the game-tying hit in game two, came through with a game-tying hit in game four against the Dodgers. Like, he ended up showing up. He got the hit, uh, was it game three against the Mets? Mm -hmm. So he ended up showing up. Uh, Manny showed up, too. Bryce Harper was just better than Manny. He was just literally on fire. He's hitting, like, 500 in the postseason. Well, the worst worst part was that... uh... Soto just was starting to really heat up yep. at the very end. And yeah. that's, that's, that part's like the, that's another what if part too. Yep. Oh, there's so many what <clears throat> if. Yeah. Yep. Just first off, what are your, I guess, overall thoughts on the Padres season? Do you consider it a success? No, it's a failure. Everyone should be fired. Uh, they should trade away Manny, uh, get rid of Tatis. Don't have Soto come back either. Joe Musgrove, get rid of him. Uh, you Darvish should be gone. Uh, no, <laughs> this was a very, very, very success- successful year. Um, at the beginning of the season, it was playoffs or bust. Like that, like that was the goal heading into this season, and they exceeded that because they made a deep playoff run. They beat a hundred win Mets team. They beat uh the hundred and eleven win uh at Dodgers team. So, yeah, it was it was absolutely a success. But the thing is. You know, it's a success, but then you look at the other side and say, still, there's a lot of missed opportunities there because of how close they were to a World Series. So you can be happy with the season, but I don't think it's it's wrong for people to also be disappointed with the season as well because of how close they got to a World Series. Yeah, my viewpoint is it's, it's a successful season, but it was a disappointing end. You know, yeah. like, of course, it's a success. They beat the Dodgers, Mets. Made it to the postseason without Fernando. Uh, they could have crumbled, and they didn't. Like, I'm proud of this team, but also, you know, you had it right there. You don't know that next time you're going to get to the NLCS. You don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to be in that spot again. And we could have had a game six last night at Peco Park, maybe yeah. a game seven tonight. And instead, we're going to have an A.J. Preller-Bob Melvin press conference. You know, it, it, yeah. it's just disappointing, the end. Um Let's start with game three, and then we'll talk about game four and five. Game three, just one thing from that, the Profar check swing. I mean, obviously the Padres had opportunities in that game, but if they make the right call there, or Todd Tishner at third base, you have first and second and no outs, and we have Trent Grisham, who can go bunt like we saw in game five. <laughs> he can just go bunt. Yeah. And maybe it turns into a whole situation, different situation. You have the top of the lineup coming up, with two outs, even if Nola gets out there, if it's second and third, if saying, you know, if, let's say Grisham bunted there. Mm-hmm. So it just turns into uh, maybe something. That, I think that's one of the what ifs. Yeah. And look, I, I posted on Twitter, like, that was not a swing. Um, and I got a million people from Philadelphia and, of course, LA because they just, they can't, they're obsessed with, you know, Padres fans. <clears throat> saying that of course it was a swing and then i got the 50 million in slow time you know videos and pictures and you know that's great but the the one person that doesn't get all that is the umpire that made the call the umpire right. that made the call sees that play one time and i think that in real time it's too close to call there and we saw in the postseason many many times players check their swing and it could, and it'd be called a ball 
and they clearly, they, you know, you clearly went. Like, I think Manny had that the other day. Manny, oh my God. Yeah, that, was, that, like, guy, that was, it was clear. clear. Yeah, so yeah. it's it sucks because there's no definitive rule for that. It's all a judgment call. And in the moment, the Padres got screwed because of a judgment call. Like, you can't tell me that it was definitive because guess what? Um, that's not a definitive rule. It's a judgment rule. And so if you want to go that route, then guess what? I can have a judge. I can have an opinion and you can have an opinion and nobody's right because it's all judgment. So it's all it's all. OK, what does that umpire deem a check swing? Another yeah. umpire could deem it a totally different thing. You yeah. Know, and, it, it just... and, and in that moment, especially why it, why it really ticked me off was that like. It's not in the like the fourth or the fifth inning, it's the, like in the most important part of the game and clearly Profar was not trying to swing there. It looked like it in this, you know, when you look back at it, but the ball's down by his foot. He's not trying to swing. He's trying to get out of the way. And and it, and he, and his bat went forward. Like, so that was, that was the part that, that really pissed me off is like the dude wasn't even trying to swing. He wasn't even, it was a clear, I'm trying to get out of the way of the ball because it's got, it's going on my back foot. And then the umpire has to come in and inject himself into the game. And that was, I mean, I, I didn't see any of the Phillies uh, players or well, not the players, but the, the, the pitcher and the catcher like definitively saying like, Oh, he went, he went like the, like it was just a real quick, like, Hey, can you check real quick? And I guarantee you if the umpire said he checked his swing, nobody on the Phillies would be freaking out. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. When you see a player go that off, like yeah, Profar you, did on a check know. swing. Yeah, like it was bad. What usually on check swings, if you know you're <clears> gonna be mad if they call it, but you don't go saying "f you" three times at the umpire. Yeah, you know, it, in that situation, you don't call that. You knew and, and that like, you were wrong. Look, do they win that game? Who knows, right? Yeah, the because Phillies came still... up with more timely hits in that. Gene Segura came up, yeah, boom, they're... but still, first and second, no outs in what was it, a one run game or whatever, two run two game, run whatever game, it was. Yeah. Like that changes things. Top of the order, it it just changes it. Um, another <clears> what if is in game four, if Shamanai is not in that game in the fifth inning, he already gives you one fourth inning. I know you're mad at like Clevenger even pitching. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I, he worked his butt off. If the trainers are allowing the pitch, he says he feels good. If Bob Melvin thinks he's good to go, if Ruben Diebla thinks he's good to go, okay. He crapped the bed. He, he sucked. He need. I don't really want him back next year uh yeah. with Manaya though okay he gave you that one inning great this is where the Padres should have went with the Rob Thompson approach that's what I'm calling it the aggressive mm -hmm. I'm trying to win I don't care about tomorrow right now you have the fifth sixth seventh eighth and ninth to cover you have Garcia that can pitch you have Tim Hill you have a bunch of guys Suarez hater that can all pitch those guys should be in there after you get a solid inning out of Manaya. But then to keep him in there in the fifth, especially when Garcia came in in the fifth inning, like John said, start him in that inning. Then why are you going? Why are you trying to force it with Manaya again? That that's another what if. If what if Manaya wasn't in the game in the fifth inning, would Harper had that double? Would Hoskins have that home run? We don't know. And, and this is this is more of a uh, yes. It's obviously a what if for me, but it's more of like a lack of awareness and uh horrible decision making on the, the part of the Padres for game four. Um 
I, I will never, and maybe you'll get some answers today, but I, I don't understand why Clevenger and Manaya were on this roster if one, Clevenger's hurt, and two, you're planning on using Manaya anywhere else other than like you're tied 4 4 in like the 13th inning. Yeah. And you need and you try to need to get some outs there. Like I, I then if he, if Manaya pitches in that situation, that's fine. That that's what he's there for. He's like the emergency guy, not in the fourth and fifth inning of Game Four, with your season on the line. Essentially, like that that doesn't make any sense to me, you know. And you know the hindsight obviously is they should have started Nick Martinez, and yeah, they probably should have, or they should have had an opener and then gone to Nick Martinez because. And, and no one knew that they were going to have a four nothing lead in, in game four for the first inning. But um, if they did, if, if you had a four nothing lead after the first inning and you got to the first inning, you know how much different that game is. Like oh, after yeah. the first after the first inning, they're down. The Phillies are down four three. I mean that four that four run first inning for the Padres meant nothing to them. It was nothing. So I, I don't. I, I I think for me, the Clevenger thing. I feel bad for him, but he should have never been put in that situation to begin with because he's injured and everybody like it was as clear as day that you knew Clevenger was going to get rocked. Just you knew it like it was going to be a minor miracle if he got through a scoreless first inning, in my opinion, or went two innings, gave up no runs like that would have been one of the biggest two innings that he's ever pitched in his life if that happened. And it didn't. Um, And then the Mania thing. It goes back to Bob Melvin kind of, not kind of, but just trusting his guys more than situations. And that's a problem. And we'll get to game, we'll get to game five, obviously. But Bob Melvin trusted Sean Mania more than he looked at the situation that was at hand. You had 15 outs to go. Garcia, Suarez, Hayter are all fully rested. They've had two plus days off. Okay. And you decide to try to steal outs with Sean Manaya. It will never make sense to me. And that right there, when Sean Manaya got six extra batters and not only did he give up the lead, it was like, boom, 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 boom. You know, I don't care that he was throwing 96. It was a straight 96 and the Phillies destroy destroyed him. So that to me, the lack of, uh, you know, aggressiveness in game four and, you know, try when you finally get a lead in that game, it's back and forth, back and forth. Juan Soto finally has this big, huge home run for your team. It's not just like a game time single or a walker. Like it's a huge home run and you stick with Sean Manaya to try to steal outs. Yeah. That was a, uh, yeah, that was stealing, one- like, like you say, the stealing outs thing, you have a problem with that. I have a problem with that too. In the postseason, you're up four to nothing in the game. You're up six to four. You're lucky to have the lead again. After choking a 4 nothing lead, you get the Soto home run. Okay, that's where you need to put the foot down and say, I trust Luis Garcia more than I trust Sean Manaya. Like mm-hmm. That's the bottom and, line. I'm going it, to Luis Garcia here to start the inning. Right, and, and look, there, there are multiple things, unfortunately, that, that Bob Melvin will, and I think should, look back on in the series, and that will stick with him for a long, long time. And hopefully this kind of... Uh, it's like a learning pl- process for him for if this team makes the postseason next year because this happened way too many times this postseason. Way too many times. Game two versus the Mets. 
game two versus the Dodgers. Um, you know, the other day with Darvish too, like he leaves his, you know, he leaves his guys in too long instead of he's, he's, he's not reacting. He's reacting to the moment instead of being one step ahead. And that's what you need I to think, do in the, that's what you need to do in the postseason. I think you'll also like if, if he was talking to you right now, he'd probably also say, well, I have trust in my guys. Look, that's just the way it is. And what happened in game two, that game two you just brought up against the Dodgers? Well, did I make the right decision bringing in Robert Suarez and bringing in Hayter for multiple innings? Yeah. So how'd that work out? But then what we would say is, okay, well, what happened in game five in this series? What happened in game four when you didn't bring those guys in? Like, it's great. We'll remember that Dodger series forever. But again, as I talked about or I talked about earlier, that Phillies NLCS, you don't know when that's going to happen again. You don't know when you're going to reach that point again. Nothing is guaranteed next year. Other teams are going to continue to get better next year. Mm -hmm. And this was a year where you had an 87-win team against you. And home field advantage. Uh, yeah. Um, when are you going to get home field advantage in the NLCS again? Yeah, I, I doubt it, especially mm -hmm. like next year. Like the, the Dodgers are always a really good regular season team. Uh, and, and what John – yeah, go ahead. John, John always says this, and it's it's something that makes a lot of sense. If you're willing to bring in Robert Suarez or Luis Garcia in that inning, why not just start with him that inning? Like that that's that's the part that that you were just wondering yourself, like that doesn't make any sense. Is okay, you Darvish starts this inning, but you have Luis Garcia ready. Why don't you just start with him that inning? Because guess what? Luis Garcia or Robert Suarez had to get the same amount of outs. Instead, now they're having to get the same amount of outs yeah. with runners on base. Like that, that's the part that you're like, yeah. if you're willing to go to that guy in that inning and ha and he's ready to go, why are you trying to tempt fate and leave your guy out there to try and steal outs? Like that doesn't make I I I don't understand that in the regular season, you might you might that that's something that um you can justify because it's a long season. In the postseason, that is unjustifiable. Um, and that does not make sense in the postseason to me. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, too many other people. Yeah. Uh, game 5, hmm. obviously... 3-2, Suarez is in the game to face Bryce Harper. Um, he gives up the single to Remuto, the batter before, I want to say. Uh, I, th I thought he kind of hung that pitch. Um, I personally, I know I got pushback from this, but I personally was fine with Robert Suarez pitching in that game. And call me an idiot, Jim. Go ahead. Call me an you're, idiot right now. You're an idiot. 
Okay. You're an idiot. Look, Robert Suarez, I think, I'm trying to look at it from Bob Melvin's point of view here. When I tried to look at it from Bob Melvin's point of view with the Manaya stuff, I couldn't. I, that was the wrong decision. Looking at it from Melvin, Suarez and Hayter, I think they view those two guys on the same level. Same pitchers. One's from the left, one's from the right. If you're going to have Harper up at the plate, okay, you go with the lefty. But if they view those guys as the same level of pitchers, then they probably want Hayter to close out the game. He's more comfortable closing games, blah, 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 blah. So they're going with Suarez. They want the final four outs, you know, with Hayter. Suarez, I know you don't like this argument. I was listening to the show yesterday about the whole double play earlier, and you said, but it's a hard double play. No, if there was no shift, that was a ground ball right to shortstop. Still okay. rocket. <laughs> kind of. He's, he got the pitch down, right? He wanted that pitch down uh, this weekend, and he didn't get the pitch down, right? Bryce Harper had a tremendous at-bat. Props to Bryce Harper. But Robert Suarez hadn't allowed a home run to a lefty all year long. The guy had given up, what, one run in the last two months or something? They, I think they view Suarez and Hater on the same level. It's not like they used Chris Matt. I know he's not on the roster, but they used a lesser reliever in that situation. Suarez and Hayter, I think they view them on the same level, and they thought Hayter would be better to close out the game. He's more comfortable with that situation, and they got, you know, Harper got out against Suarez earlier in the series. That would be my explanation for that. Um, I, I think that's a stronger explanation than what Bob Melvin said, just saying that, you know, well, we let, that's, that was just our plan. At least I'm giving you reasons why I think that was, you know, the plan. All right, so let me ask you, where was this, Where do you think the save was in that game? Was it in the eighth inning versus Bryce Harper? Was it the ninth inning versus their seven innings? No, I agree. I agree. I think the save was then, but again, I think they think that Robert Suarez can get the save in that situation too. They trust him just as much as Josh Hader. <clears throat> and it's not, it's not blind trust with like Manaya. It's trust based on numbers too. Suarez has been amazing just like Hader the last – you know, month or so of the season. And okay. And I, I get your argument. Um, I still, still think an idiot, was, though. Yeah. No, you're still an idiot. I still think that it was um, just really bad to not put in the guy that you traded for, for those moments. Um, look, Robert Swartz has been great all year long, minus opening day. Um, I don't blame him at all for that Harper home run. I think that he threw his best fastball and Harper hit it and you tip your cap. Um, I don't blame him one bit at all for that moment. Uh, but that's, that's, that's be real here. Robert Suarez is a 31 year old rookie. Don't, don't, no, don't use the rookie thing. That, that's yes. How many no, times has he pitched? It's not the about the rookie thing. It's not about those, him being a rookie. It's not, I'm, I'm, it's I'm not. saying that who has more experience in those situations. It's not about experience. It's about how they're pitching right then and there. How about okay, Eric Cosmer with the experience stuff? How'd okay. that work out? And, okay. And, it's not yeah, about experience. It's about how are saying, they right now? How are they playing right now? If you're okay. And if you're saying that's about how they're doing right now, who's the guy that had eight straight strikeouts in the postseason has given up a run in over a month? Who's the guy that got Bryce Harper out earlier in the series with the pitch down and they tried to go with that same game plan and it didn't, he missed his spot. Okay. Well, I, okay. That's, that's great. I rather have a guy like here's the thing I said the other day too. It might just be one at bat, yeah. but 
as good as Harper is, and Harper is right now the best hitter in baseball. Uh, he's the reigning MVP. He's, I mean, he's amazing. You don't think that Harper was thinking to himself, all right, I saw him in game two, and I know what's going to, I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's, you know, how many times has he faced Bryce? How many times has he faced Josh Hader in his career? Once. Once in 2017. If I, I, I just, I don't understand the Padres, how, how Bob Melvin didn't have foresight in that situation to look at it and say, all right, Bryce Harper's at the plate. We have no outs here. Yes, we have six outs left, but we can't worry about the other three outs in the ninth inning right now. We have to worry about who is at the plate. And in that situation, Bob Melvin worried more about outs than he did about the player that was at the plate. He would, he viewed Bryce Harper as, I mean, obviously I'm sure he, they viewed Bryce Harper as like the best player in the game right now at that moment, but he did not view Bryce Harper as the, oh my God, this is the save situation in the game. And if we do not get Bryce Harper out here, then, then we're probably going to lose this game. And if we don't pitch our best guy against Bryce Harper, which is the guy you traded for in Josh Hader, then why do we even have him? Why do you even have Josh Hader if you're not going to use him in the eighth inning of a one-run game in an elimination game on the road? I, I can I, I'm fine if 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 Josh Hader gives up the home run to Bryce Harper there. Do you think anybody today or yesterday is like shit? They should have left in Robert Suarez. No, no. I, I but I also think that the Padres are saying the same thing with this, like. Okay, we put Robert Suarez out there, and he gave up the home run. We have the same trust in Suarez as we do in Hater. I think I truly think they trust those two the exact same amount. And they might. They, you're right. They might trust those guys. And I'll add to this. I'll bullpen. add that. I'll add this. I agree. I think it's a bad look that Josh Hader did not pitch at all in Philadelphia. That can't happen. But I think in that situation. They just wanted to stick with that plan that they had. And they, you know, Bob Melvin all year, confidence, right? Confidence in his players. It's not like Manaya was in there. You know, again, I just think that they trust Suarez on the same level, the same amount as Hater at that point. And yeah, we're going to have that same what if. We're going to have that for years. If the Padres don't make it next year or they don't make it, you know, for, the next decade, we're going to have that what if. But- yeah, I just I just view it still as like, you know, Bob Melvin postgame said their plan was to try and get Suarez through the eighth or at least get two outs, and then you have four outs saved for, for Josh Hader. I understand that, but that's just not as simple as that. And, right. and it's not about, like, the fact that Bob Melvin just automatically slated Josh Hader for four outs in the last four outs of the game. Sometimes those four outs, well, yes, the last three outs of the game are predominantly the hardest. In the postseason, it's not about that. It's about when do you need to have the save there? Mm-hmm. And we talked about Rob Thompson. You look at his bullpen yesterday. He pitched Sir Anthony Dominguez, Alvarado, and they didn't even touch the ninth inning. You know who touched the ninth inning? David Robertson. And you know who closed the game? Ranger Suarez. So 
you can't tell me that you have to have your your closer in the ninth inning in the postseason because you don't. And that was Bob Melvin's fault that he was going more by roles than situations, and that bit him in the ass hard. And there, that's that's probably a reason why in the postseason, Bob Melvin, you know, if you look at his entire career, I would bet a lot that the situations that his teams faced, he went with roles instead of situations. And I would bet a lot of times in his past, it's bit him in the ass just like it has this year. And that was his fault. <clears throat> he went with roles over situation. And the situation there did not call for just you gotta you gotta just leave your guy out there. You have your closer in in the bullpen, the guy you traded for for these moments, and you never used him. Yeah, I think that's a good question actually for today. To be honest, like, is that was uh, the front office impacting that decision, or was that solely a Bob Melvin decision, or did Ruben Niebla think that this is what was right? Like, who is gonna? I know he's probably gonna take the blame for it, but. If you had like a lie detector test, who actually made that decision? I, I'd be curious. Well, it's I'm, I'm I I would bet you know that they talk obviously before the game about situations and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it's Bob Melvin who makes the decision. There's there's you're not seeing AJ Preller. He's not calling down to the dugout to tell them to do this. He's not sending a text message to Bob Melvin. Like it's just it is Bob Melvin's call in that situation to what he wants to do. He has all the information that the front office and the analytics department and Preller and whoever else gives him about the about situations but in that moment bob melvin stuck with robert robert suarez and he did it and it bit him in the ass um and he we will never know what would have happened if he ended up going to josh Hader instead right uh grisham's bunt there with one out was stupid. first and second so you thought it was stupid uh i'm sh i was i'm on the other side again i mean grisham like I know he has the power potential, but the guy hadn't had a hit in the series. You get a contact guy up next in Nola who can, as we saw earlier in the series, come through with a single to give you the lead. Uh, I thought that was, you know, it, it was a productive out. I know you're not trying to get out, obviously, in that situation. He wasn't trying to get out, I guess, according to him and Bob Melvin. He just didn't get the bunt down enough to first base. He would have easily been safe, and we would have thought that was brilliant. You know, I, I don't know. What are your, give me your thoughts more on Grish. Well, yeah. If, if he executed that bunt and he got it down and the bases loaded with, with one out, then yeah, it's great. But the thought process behind that does not add up and make sense to me because not only do you have to get a perfect bunt down, right? You're bunting against a gold glove caliber pitcher on the mound okay the odds of all of that working you lay in the bunt down you get in the first base everything he wasn't it wasn't even close he was out by like 10 feet all right, right. the odds of all of that working are so slim and don't even compare to if you swing away if he strikes out he strikes out okay but the, the fact that, and then if Austin Nola gets a hit, then guess what? It's a tie game. So, it, 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 and I know it's like, oh, well, if if if, if Austin Nola got a hit after uh, Trent Grisham's bunt, then the Padres have the lead. Look, I, I don't, I think, you know, going up to the plate there, while 
the odds of Trent Grisham doing anything in that moment were very slim. I think exactly. just giving yourself up there for that bunt. To put I, the go-ahead run on second. And yeah, but it's another out, too. Yeah. I, I'm not giving up outs in game five of the NLCS in an elimination game. In the ninth inning. Yeah, but, I mean, it's earlier at bats. He was kind of giving away outs, too. I, I do I do think that um, that was on Trent Grisham there. And after the game, I do not I, – I there's no chance in hell – I believe Bob Melvin called for that. And I think he's, he protected his player there. Um, and, and saying that, you know, Trent Grisham came up to him and talked about it. I don't think that's, I don't think that that's the case at all. I think that was all on Trent Grisham to try to get a hit. And I think Bob Melvin, who is an amazing players manager, um, took the bullet for, for Trent Grisham. Cause look, you talked, I mean, you, I, I just don't understand the bond at all. Um, and, I think Bob Melvin took the bullet there for Grisham 100%. It wasn't just Grisham, you know, in the NLCS that struggled. It was 7, 8, 9. I mean, they went 5 for 55 yeah, it was not uh, in the NLCS. Kim went 3 for 17. Yeah. It just it that, makes that, me that ask. Series. It's, another, it's another what if. What if Fernando was here? Yeah, that's a, that, I think that, that what if is to a lesser extent because they got to the NLCS without Fernando Tatis Jr. It wasn't like they got there and then all of a sudden Fernando Tatis Jr. got hurt and he missed the NLCS. Um, so that what if, it's still there, but I don't think it's as prominent as why didn't you use Josh Hader in the, the eighth decisions. inning? Yeah. Why did you keep Shamanai out there in the fifth? You know, why was Trent Grisham bunny? Like all, like all those th- situations um, I, I think are way bigger than the Tatis thing because Tatis was never there. If he was there, it'd be totally different, but he never was. So it's a what if, but it's not a huge what if for me. Right. Um, I was going to ask you about Grisham and his future, but we can talk about that later. Uh, let's revisit your predictions. So oh God. this was, uh, I believe, April 5th when you were on the show and we made some <laughs> predictions over unders, win total, Snell innings, Manny war, <laughs> home runs from a couple guys, few guys games for Tatis. Uh, so we'll do this quick. Uh, you had under 80, 89 and a half wins. So you were right there, pretty much right there. Uh, regular season. I thought, then, I thought 85 at the beginning of the year. Now, obviously that changes cause they got Juan Soto, but I thought the beginning of the year, like 85, 86 wins was it, was it. Mm-hmm. And then you had under 120 and a half innings for snow. He was wrong, or you were wrong there. I think he went 125 innings or something in the regular season. Uh, I was, I, I was <coughs> pleasantly surprised by Snell being able to stay healthy this season. You know, he, he didn't really have injuries. Yeah, and that's that's another thing too. That's like, uh, is when are you going to have your top three guys, Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell, be all healthy and yep. pitching well? And the, the bullpen healthy and yeah, yeah. pitching pitching well, like they did this year. I mean, you take away Sean Manaya and Mike Clevenger in this series, they they allowed Clevenger and Manaya they allowed seven runs, eight, eight runs. How many did the Phillies score this series? Yeah. Like two, I mean, ten in game what four, whatever that was. Yeah, and eight of them were by Clevenger and Manaya. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like those, like you could, if you want to boil it all down, you could, you could easily make the case that the difference in the series was that the Padres pitched Shamanai and Mike Clevenger. Yeah, and that yeah, cost definitely. the series. Yep, 
Uh, you had an over five war for Manny. You were definitely right about that. Talk about a MVP season. By the way, where do you think Manny should finish uh, with the MVP? Or where do you think he will finish? Not should. I, I think he is the MVP, but where do you think he will finish in the MVP? Um, I, don't, I think he'll finish no lower than third. I think that if you were to ask me, I think he will finish. I'm trying to think. Um, I think he'll finish second. Second? Yeah. I, and I, I, just, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished third either. I'd be shocked yeah. if he finished lower than that. Anything oh, lower I'd, than yeah. third would yeah, be like, are you fucking, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be shocked with that. I'm going to go three just because I think they're going to go with the Cardinals. They're going to go with Arenado. They're going to go with Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt probably winning it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, we're in agreement. He should at least be top three. And then, okay, under 55 and a half home runs you had combined between Matt Beatty, he had zero, Profar had 15, Myers had seven. And Grisham had 17. So that added up to 39. So way under the 55 and a half. I was close. I was close. For four players. If if they had if you added if just add um <clears throat> add uh add Trent Grisham what, or add uh, put, put Soto in there instead of Beatty. <laughs> well, if you put Soto instead of Beatty, they still would have been under that. Yeah. <clears throat> Who would it be then? Jake Cronenworth. But that's outfield. Yeah. I just went with outfielders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wow. I don't think I don't think their outfield combined had over fifty five home runs this year. Yeah. I mean, you had a Zokar and Brandon Dixon for a couple games and Nomar Mazzara and yeah, Trace no. Thompson. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, okay. Under eighty and a half games for Tatis. You were definitely right on that. Uh, I don't he think we're zero. expecting a suspension coming. Yeah, no one no one expected that. Yeah. Wow. Some predictions, uh, Six, you know, that just tells you what six months can do. Holy cow! I know. All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining the show. I'll have yeah. you back on maybe sometime soon. Uh, this has been episode two fifty nine of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show, brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionebros.com is the website. All right, everybody, back with more off season content soon, and see you later.